The Jeep Wrangler 4xe. It's electrified. So you can boogie woogie woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie woogie woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie woogie woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie woogie woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie woogie woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hey guys, and welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. This week, Shia LaBeouf on art, truth, and his new film, Man Down, and we take stock post-Thanksgiving. I'm Josh Horowitz. Hi, Sammy. Hi. I'm You're so full of excited. turkey. You're full of turkey. We're happy to I'm be back. I'm full of turkey and happiness and love. We needed a reset. We took a, we took a week off mm-hmm. for the holiday. Um, hopefully you guys uh, had a great holiday with friends and family. Um, it was good to take a break, but we're thrilled to be back. And we, mm-hmm. we're we starting off this, uh, not quite the new year, but the end of 2016 oh, in good fashion. A bang. We're um we're on location right now at another uh, uh, special uh, auxiliary podcast studio location. <laughs> we're in the podcast bunker. <laughs> exactly. The second bu- bunker we have uh, so that we can meet up with um, Shia LaBeouf, as I teased in the opening. He is the uh, one and only guest uh, this week, and he uh, packs a lot into this conversation. He is, um, as you know, um, a fascinating actor, a fascinating personality, and one of my favorite guys to interview. And it had been a while since I sat down with him. Um, um, four years, in fact, um, and he's he's been busy in those four years with his uh, amazing uh, art projects and and fascinating work. He's in two films this year that are worth checking out: American Honey, which I think is still in theaters, and you guys should definitely check out. It was um, uh, it, it's a performance that that has already earned him an Independent Spirit Award nomination and um, is one of the best of the year. And he's also starring in a new film that is uh, about to come out called Man Down. It stars him and Kate Mara, Jai Courtney. Wow, look, it's all the Oh podcast God, regulars. Friends. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, and uh, he's excellent in it. Shia plays a, uh, a soldier kind of suffering from PTSD. Um, I don't want to say too much more because there's some kind of twists and turns to the story, but um, it does re- reunite him with uh, Ditto Montiel. I believe that's how you pronounce his uh, name. He was the filmmaker behind A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints, which is a very early Shia LaBeouf film. So um, – Sammy wasn't here, so Sammy's as interested as you guys. I, I just walked into the room that he was in, and the energy in here is just really wonderful. Well, he and he comes in like uh, with a great energy. He came in really enthused and excited to be here and to uh, reminisce about um, his not so much his early work. We actually really focus mostly on sort of mm. where he's been the last few years and what like his kind of new approach to acting and um, really, you know, I mean, it sounds kind of pretentious to say, but like trying to like, you know, find the truth in acting and being true to himself and, um, and experimenting with different acting techniques. And, and um, uh, he's very eloquent and enthusiastic and talking about sort of what he's going after nowadays and um, explaining um, the reasoning behind his art projects and um, the kind of filmmakers he's working with and why he's not necessarily doing those kinds of Transformers movies and Indiana Jones movies that kind of brought him to fame. He's um, he's in an interesting place. He just turned 30, just got married. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, we have a lot of great work ahead to see from Shia LaBeouf. I've always been a big fan and supporter of his, so I'm, I'm thrilled that we got a chance to catch up. I love Shia LaBeouf. He's great. I've, ever since Holes. I mean, come on. Holes uh, was great. <laughs> Holes was the best. People, uh, yeah, a lot of people at MTV have a mad love for, for Holes. Did you get 
get into we did, we, I was gonna say, did you get into holes and just <laughs> everything just got weird? No, we saved we saved holes for the next time. I'm sorry. Okay, well, no, it's like a little treat to look forward to. Yeah, we need you to know? save something for the next you time. You gotta save something. Uh you had a good turkey day, you had a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, really good. How about you? Thanks for asking. You don't care. <laughs> no, I it occurred tell. to me that you too celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, yes, it was lovely and uh, did all the requisite stuff. A lot of uh, nieces and nephew time and saw some movies. Saw Fantastic Beasts for a third time. Me too. You seen, seen it three times? Yeah. Wow. We're, we're really sad. Nerd. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I, I honestly do think as far as blockbusters go, this year it's one of my favorites. I love it. I it's really great. do. It's great. I'm excited that we're mm-hmm. going to get a chance to follow those guys through the next uh, few years. Um, what else to mention? We, uh, we've we got a bunch of cool things coming up. We have a, we're doing an after-hour sketch next week Ooh. that we don't want to say who's involved, but it's another humongous one. Everyone's head will – Explode. With giant movie stars, uh, we're, we're we're following up. The last one we did was was the last one we did. Um, Ezra. Oh, we did Ezra, which was great. Ezra Miller, and then we did mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick and Ben Affleck. So yeah, so we're we're trying to keep the bar pretty high. And a little Eddie Redmayne at. Yes. A featurette. Yes, we did a little PSA with Eddie Redmayne, and yeah. we're going to experiment with that with another actor mm-hmm. coming up. Anyway, Ooh. so many teases. <laughs> <laughs> um, but enough about other projects. Let's get to the uh, heart of the matter with Mr. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, we just talked to him in our special uh, auxiliary podcast studio. He's a wild man. He ro- he roams all over the mic. He might, oh you might God, hear him coming in and out. He's climbing up the window. No, right? might, you might, just in case you, you're wondering like why. He's loud now. He's quiet now. Well, he, he moves around a bit. He can't keep Shia LaBeouf pinned down. Um, but um, love him. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. It was great to catch up with him and uh, go support him by checking out his new film, Man Down. Uh, and without any further ado, here's Shia. Let's get into it, please. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. Make yourselves comfortable wherever you guys want. You don't want to lose the truth. You know how sometimes you come into a room and then you that, those first, are you going to stand up? Yeah, like this. That's intimidating. Is this okay? That's really tough, Welcome bro. To the show, this is a really hard way to do this. <laughs> you know how you come in the first five minutes? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go for it. You come in the first five minutes and then you do the, the hi, hi, nice to meet you, and, and, they're, and they're honest, and then, then you got to do it again? Yeah, no, we don't need honesty here. That's all oh, yes, man. we do, bro. Let's start there. <laughs> Should we jump in, Sean? Yes, please. We're doing it. Okay. She'll come back, but that's okay. We want the, we want the truth here. Yeah, the truth go. is that you need some water, and we're going to have some water at the some point. The truth is I'm happy to see you, Josh. You know how long it's been since we've sat down? How long? Four years. Holy shit, man. What happened? Well, I started doing different stuff, and you they did. relegate you to certain stuff, and we got lost somewhere. But we're back together. Yeah, the hey, gang's man. back together. It's cool. It's the middle ground. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm beyond excited to see you, man. Uh, and congratulations. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. Man Down is the film that yep. is about to come out, a uh, kind of a reunion of sorts yeah. uh, with you and Dito. Dito yeah. So, um, well, for, first of all, give me a sense of, since it has been four years, mm-hmm. you've been up to a lot. I'm just frozen in amber. Um, nothing's changed for me. That's just not true. In case you're wondering, just, <laughs> I'm literally true. the same hey, person. This is pretty cool, man. This is pretty DIY. We weren't here before. This is true. Yeah. Uh, I missed I missed the long form conversation. You know, yeah, we talked nice. at a lot of junkets. It's nice. And I missed the kind of actual. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, are you a podcast listener? Yeah. What do you listen to? Uh, I was just listening to Fresh Air, a bunch of NPR stuff. Which I'm wondering. Yeah. And I like, uh, I like uh, uh, um, uh, Drink Champs. 
I don't know that one. Oh, it's a hip hop one, okay. like with the with the yeah. And I like Charlemagne's podcast. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Have you uh, had the record deals uh, been coming in since Sway? <laughs> I'm a one hit wonder, dude. I'm <laughs> never, never again. I'll never rap again. That was amazing. <laughs> was as, as somebody that like is not steeped in that stuff, just sure. to watch it. What was exciting for me was to watch somebody that was like living a dream, clearly, yeah, totally, and like <laughs> and it really grabbed the moment. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. went for it. Yeah, man. Yeah, embraced it, and and, and that's yeah. It was a dream. He's a huge cultural icon. That show is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So give me a sense. Okay. So four years ago, I think the last time we sat down was, I think it was for Lawless. It was you and and the lovely Jessica Chastain. Mm -hmm. And a lot's happened since then, obviously. Give me a sense of where you were at then versus now. I mean, I know it's a broad question, but like where was your head at in terms of career then versus now? Were you in a much different space, you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, I've been trying to find myself. I'm still in that thing, but I think I've just been more... um, questioning like identity yeah. as of late uh and and um and that's led me to different kind of projects yeah and chasing truth you know i've been chasing truth so depending on where i'm at uh temperature wise i've been really thank you very much moving towards that in my life as opposed to uh, uh letting the business uh guide my um Yep. Uh, decisions. Well, it seems like, and like to be the armchair psychologist for a second, mm-hmm. like what, what it seemed to me was like you were like on a path. You were on a very clear kind of like tried and true Hollywood path. Yeah. And you were kind of in many ways like at the apex of that, you know, the Transformers, Indiana Jones, working mm-hmm. with the top like commercial filmmakers on the planet. And whether, I guess my question is like whether it was like of your own like like volition that you kind of decided to veer off or, um, or what? Because like you clearly have started you've charted a different path since then. And I think you- nothing ever is. You sort of, you respond to your uh, circumstance. Yeah. You know, and like I, I was given a bunch of gifts real fast and didn't know how to really deal with those gifts. And then, you know, uh, and then duty kicks in and you go, well, how am I supposed to respond to receiving these gifts? And if you're a kid like me who came from a certain kind of come up, it doesn't feel natural to receive all these gifts like this. It was a new thing for me. So I didn't know how to really juggle that in my head and, and in my choices. And I wasn't really making choices. I was signed, you know, I'm one of the last kind of like Hollywood deals where they sign you for five years right. kind of thing. And, and then they give you three no's a year. Oh, you were like the Paramount guy for a yeah, while, basically? because I came in when, when Paramount and uh, DreamWorks had their merger. Right. And I was right under the toe of that with Disturbia. It was the first movie they made together. So it was the beginning of a deal between, I was in the middle of a lot of corporate and so, and, and that was a blessing in a lot of way because I got to nurture certain gifts, you know, sure. and, and, and work on, on set dynamics and uh, presence and things like that. But it also, like what we talked about when we first sat down, it relegates you to a, a um, it, it gets harder, it gets harder to get to uh, uh, sensibilities that I, that do exist in my generation, not just my, me and my person, but in my generation that weren't being expressed by filmmakers because they were of a different generation. Right. So in trying to speak to my truth, I needed to get with filmmakers who, who uh, had different sensibilities. And the guys who work at that level aren't of that generation. It's just very hard. It's like we were talking about this earlier. People in the art world who are considered young are in their mid-30s, early 40s. Right. In the director world, it's even later. Because it's the last dictatorial position on a film set, you wind up with a much older generation running stuff that's high level, big budget, because it's less about the creative and it's more about management and trust and tried and true. And if you're a new young buck, you know, you might have the vision. Tried and true is the death of 
of art to you. Correct. I mean, so, so you're in a conundrum, and, and it, I'm not the first to speak on it, and I'm not even the most eloquent when it comes to it. But that that got itchy, that position of being in the yeah. middle of that and being in your middle, your come up when you know your window for for like interesting projects is coming when you turn 30. This is Happy Sad Confused. We'll be right back after this. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. With someone like Dito, like early on in the career, was that was that a filmmaker that you sensed was you were similar sensibilities was kind of like out there in, in, a, good, in a good way for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it was like, uh, yes, that's the quick. Answer. <laughs> yes. So what, what's the big? I mean, obviously, huge differences. You're at a much different age now than for yeah. a guy to recognizing your saints. Yeah. But um, was it a little bit of a full circle moment? Did it feel weird, kind of going back to it? Yeah, hundred percent. And I was also at a place where you know I was in the middle of this like uh, identity exploration in a very public way. This is like bag on head moments coming out of some of that. And like <laughs> and 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 with like with anything, even with the word hello, when you say it fifty times, it has a different meaning the fiftieth time than it did the first time. So even if you're no one ever gets your stuff, the commitment to it somehow makes it safer. Right. And so the fact that I was able to keep doing it somehow made it more edible to the mainstream public. And he came in at a time when I had only done two or three of these projects. So it was really very itchy out there for me, you know, and it, it was there a lot of friction. And so he came into my room and was sort of like, look, I know you got some 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 uh, rub in your life. And, and this project that I'm present to you uh, has a lot of me too in it. And that might help you. And let's call this an exorcism of sorts. And can I come back here on Wednesday? So I read the script and I'm like, there is a lot of me too in there. Ooh, boy, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm all over this right here. And this is what I was actually going through. Even though I'm not a, a war fighter, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, rub in there that's very close. And I come from a family of war fighters. So, you know, my dad was in there even though it wasn't my role. And I'm in there even though I'm not Gabe. Uh, and so there was a lot of me in there. So I thought, okay, I can't go wrong here if I just am honest and, and reveal myself to Ditto. And he gets it. And Ditto already knew me, so I felt like I could. And it was just one of them – it was like a, another gift, man. It just came at the right time. And it's a film that's about a number of things. I mean on the surface, I think it's about PTSD, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I've heard you talk about this, and it's an interesting kind of analysis. Like it's about sort of what you've said I think is like – just how work affects us, right? Mm-hmm. Like how like it, it kind of can uh, – um, we can bring that home and sure. it can damage us in many ways. Sure. Do you find that, that that work over the years has been like a respite for you or has work kind of like damaged your personal life in some ways? Or? I feel like I'm that, like a block of clay on that spindle thing and work is like the, is like the incisor cutting me up. I'm, I'm shaping myself on choices. You know, like, like uh, that's the big version of a small thing. Every, and we're also at a place now where every choice when, you know, in the eighties, not every choice was political. I could buy this water with no politics (laughs) attached to it, you know? And now we're at a place where, because the world is in a, is in a very severe spot, in a very polarized spot and very divided spot, everything I do has politics attached to it. Your aesthetic choices uh, are your political choices. Your social choices are your political choices. And so I think, yeah, my choices have shaped my aesthetic. 
have shaped my social interactions, have shaped my everything. It, it is my, I'm parenting myself on choice. How are you approaching the work differently if, if you are at this point? Like, I mean, do you kind of go in with the same kind of... Yeah, that's the thing is I'm not approaching the work any differently. I'm approaching the more work probably maybe with more freedom, mm-hmm. you know, because that tried and true thing we talked about. Yeah. When you go off into the corner and start doing your funny business, nobody looks at you crazy if you've done it three or four times. Right. The first time, though, was probably right around Lawless when I saw Hardy doing that kind of stuff. Yes. And I was like, hmm, okay, there is no special rules to this. This is uh, do whatever it takes. And if that's what it takes, you know, then that's what it takes. And I had never seen any actor do that. The actors I had been around prior to that all had the tradition. And tradition is a, is a jail cell. And I, here I'm staring at a dude who is free. <laughs> and I'm going, I want it bad. I want it real bad. And so you fake it till you make it. You try certain things that you think might be getting you closer to truth, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, you know, I throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see, see what sticks. Right. For me, I don't have a lot of faith in my talent because that word is funny to me because I'm from the I'm, – I'm a Simpsons kid. So, you know, that, <laughs> the idea of talent is modernist and old by the time it gets to me, and I'm of the blue-collar mentality where we're all – it's an egalitarian internet I came up with. We're right. all equal, so what special skill do I have? I'm a boxer, you know, these are ordinary dudes with extraordinary determination. And I think actors are the same way. And when I saw Hardy, I saw that in him, uh, just a hard worker who went about it like a roofer. And I was like, I'm going there. That's where I want to go. So from Lawless on, my style and my choices was sort of a as if kind of, you know, it's not Stanislavski, but it's an as if Stanislavski. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and as I recall on Wallace, I mean, because of that, I think there was some friction because you went at him as just as much as he was going after everyone. He was he was pushing and you, yeah. and you it sounds like you respond to that. And you're like, OK, if you're going to push and mad love, though, we were yeah. it was never the way it was all reported was that we had this crazy contentious thing. It was brothers. It sounds like you had actually the utmost respect for him. man like, is supreme love reverence. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't revere him like a Gary. Gary is because Gary is further along in his path. And what I needed with Hardy was, was connection. What I needed with Gary and still is, is I have never worked with Gary where I needed connection with Gary other than maybe two or three moments in man down. This is Gary Oldman for Gary context. Oldman. And he was also in Wallace, of course. And, and so I'm looking, you know, before I met Hardy, Gary was on my list. And then you meet a Hardy and you go, boy, he's on the list too. And you see how they work differently. One guy has the tradition in a way that works for him. And one guy comes up at a different time. It's yeah. two different styles also. I would also say I'm very different than Hardy in style. I think he's much more of a representational actor meaning he can wear many hats and do these accents and do these walks and has the, these intricate details to his, his performance. Whereas you look at a Joaquin Phoenix, it's a, more of a presentational performance. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find where I'm at. And there's different styles and ways of doing it. What I saw in Hardy was something exciting. It was like a clown going to Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> you know? what, what, what about the aspect of, and you tried this a couple of times in different contexts. I think you did it on Lawless and a little bit on Charlie Countryman <laughs> in terms of like doing the thing, yeah. whether it was drinking or, or taking yeah. a drug or something like yeah. that. Was that the right path? Did it feel right in the, I mean, I guess it felt right at the time, but in retrospect, was that again, just sort of experimenting with yeah, a way sure. to just do it? And I, I'm and a Disney Channel now? kid to a Spielberg kid to a trans, you know, a Transformers kid to yeah. a, I was very, my come up is quite corporate. So I was bucking a lot of stuff personally, but all that was in, in the public. So like, yeah, it was, a lot of it is experimentation. Uh, some things aren't necessary uh, and you do them anyways. Because they will, they are, they're like putting the bumpers up on the, on the, on bowling. You go to a bowling alley, 
you got a choice to make, you know? You could probably get a strike without the bumpers, but with the bumpers up, it's just a, it's a more of a relaxed way of working. You are more assured in your approach. When I work as an actor, I keep bumpers up. Yeah. That's because, because why the fuck not, yeah. you know? If I, if I can, I want to win, you know? I, I want to I express my truth, and that's a win. And in order to get there, if it's bumpers up, it's bumpers up. And sometimes it makes you go in the corner, or you, need, you, you, you do whatever the fuck they ask you to do because you, you don't want to fail. Have you talked about this kind of stuff with with Gary? I mean, yeah. you, you share a bunch of scenes in Man Down. For sure. One-on-one one -on -one scenes. He's and Rada, though. This is what I mean. He's 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 Rada. He's a different school, man. But I, he was wild in the day. Completely wild. It. But this was, again, that's his version of bucking his tradition. He comes from uh, Sidney Poitier and, and, and Lawrence, uh, you know, a, a different kind of school of acting is mm -hmm. what he was coming out of. And his response to it, his way of bucking tradition and creating freedom for himself m meant that he was a guy who from Rada who would get in a car with John Hurt and drive through the plate glass window of an Italian restaurant, get out, order pizza. That was a different temperature in the business. Right. And, and since as the business has changed, so has, so have the traditions. And so the way that I've lived my life at points has been really haphazardly. It's not all decided. Like I didn't decide to get arrested. You sure. know, these are things that, that I have to respond to as, as a creative and as a person. But there are things that you do decide on that, that inform the way that you respond to the world, respond to interviews, uh, and, and make your choices that are, for me are about bucking traditions that I was presented with. I mean, some of the things we're talking about, like, you know, bring to mind, like the question of like, do you have to do you have to necessarily suffer for your art? Like, can't, isn't there an easier path where I, you can be happy and satisfied and not like and not damage yourself physically or this, mentally? This is what I mean. I think when I was first coming up, before I had really got when I even when I first met Hardy, I had this talent, this modernist method actor, old school, antiquated way of looking at. And if you look at the modernist movement, it's all about martyrdom. Every you, you know, Pollock was all about beating himself down for it, you know? And then you felt like he earned your, the right for your attention. And this is an old school thing. But in acting, that tradition stayed on much longer, much, much longer. The method actor thing is really, really antiquated, but it still has some kind of like sexy appeal. Yes. And, that, and, and so my thing is like, I have an, an eye towards that and a respect for it, but I also know it's not real. That is bullshit. So I, I have to do both. I'm, I'm rational and I'm also romantic. Yeah. I'm both. I'm wearing both hats. It's, I'm, I'm the fakest method actor you ever met. And for me, it works. When you started to kind of like go down this path, sounds like around Wallace is when you kind of like doubled down on kind of like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try some different shit now yeah. and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, the people around you, what did they say? I mean, were they worried for you? I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> Melissa, your, your publicist is laughing in the corner. I mean, I was worried for you, man. We yeah, haven't, you know, sure. like, I mean, you know. Because it's the first time I was saying hello is what I mean. To get to, it takes patience to get to the 50th hello where that hello means something different. But when you say it the first time, people are like, yo, what well, the? I would say the first five times it was for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And again, some of this is interspersed with getting arrested. Yeah. Some of it, some of it is conscious choices on projects, and some of it is also unconscious fuck ups. Yeah, a legit, legit problems we all have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you know, in being fallible and in trying to deal with my human, and it also being like a conscious person with an eye towards legacy and pride and. Uh, uh, litmus for my creativity. I'm juggling both, and and the people around me 
you know, looked at me in, in, a, in a very specific regard, especially like not Melissa per se, but I got a manager in my life who's like a father, a guy named uh, Crosby, who's 50s Rockwell America. And to get him to, to get into some of this avant-garde philosophy is, was really tough. Yeah. But one, the only way you can get somebody to get into it is when they start seeing the benefits. Once you present benefits, it's really hard to fight a benefit. Did, that being said, have you lost friends, acquaintances over this, the last four or five years because of this stuff? No, man. It's actually been the total opposite. The people that I thought w- uh, weren't my friends have come around, and I've come around on them, and, and my life is getting uh, far less enemy-oriented. Well, it does feel like, yes, as you said, like the, the, the first couple of years and there were, you know, a bunch of things that, that were worrisome signs for those of us that, that, that loved your work and, and, and cared about you. Um, you've come around to this place where you've, it seems like you're making it work. You obviously got married recently. Congratulations on Thank that. You. And, you know, and, and the fact that you're doing this amazing work, like American Honey, you know, I'm a huge fan of as cool, well. Man. It's been, and congrats, you got an Indie, indie Spirit nomination yeah, the other day. Cool. Um, does it feel like... In a, in a way, you're like, guys, this is what I was trying to tell you. Like, there was a method to my madness. Like, every every person, every creative feels like that. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to meet no creative who doesn't have that thing in him. That's like, wait, but but wait, but there's more. <laughs> that's what a creative is. Right. Yeah. So um, it's a completely irrational belief in oneself. <laughs> that's what being an artist means. Yeah. You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. So what's your appetite right now for um, the studio film? For like, what's your name mean? You think if to to studios right now? What's your interest in in going down that route? Um, you kind of have done your time. You're clearly working with top ind- like independent cool mm-hmm. filmmakers. Mm-hmm. What, do you need something from the big studios at this point? Do you feel or? all the independent people that I love uh, don't shy away from a studio uh, 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 film? Maybe right. They're, you know what I'm saying? And right, so I, I find yeah. myself in the same spot. Like to, to, to shut off a whole thing based on a system is wrong because all systems, once they become systematized, become completely dull. So even if you just stay on the side of, of you know, indie filmmaking, European filmmaking, uh, you know, avant-garde cinema, you're going to become systematized and yeah. become dull. It gets repetitive well. even in, the, in that way. <laughs> Roger. So like I, I stay open. I'm just trying to stay malleable, you know. Uh, granted, I p- sort of put my foot in my ass in terms of, you know, dealing with the studio system on a certain level. But there's also a new generation entering the studio system that, that I have relationships with that don't think lowly of my work that uh, might be interested in a meeting. And so, you know, I'm just trying to like stay the course, uh, work on my good guy. And, and keep an eye towards doing good work. I mean, that's really the only thing that I can do, and that's what I'm trying to do. Do you keep in touch at all with a uh, with like a Michael Bay? What's the like, yes? Do you? Yes. Yeah, we love each other, man. If you ask Mike, you know, he he, he might shit on me, but it'll be with a smile on his face. Right. There's deep, deep love and understanding on both sides. I think. Well, you you came of age with him, and totally, I, I know man. that first film is still like close to your heart. He's a big brother, dude. He's a different generation, and and he's a big brother, and and I love him regardless of if we have differing opinions on a lot. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and we were just talking about that. This is part of the issues. Like, uh, I have a different opinion with a lot of people in this world, and and that's part of what's creating this polarized thing. Is I, I think I was really anti Michael Bay's uh, sensibilities while I was with Bay, <laughs> you know, which <laughs> right. was was tough for both of us. But I and think he doesn't that, shy from an argument. No, no, heck no, man. He likes it. And, and in a way, that kind of made Transformers One kind of what it was. Was this we wrestled a little yeah. bit, you know? And and I think we both became apathetic once we became systematized, mm-hmm. and 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 then and then we died a little bit. 
And then, you know, uh, he, Mike has got a great, great film in him and, he, and has made great film in the past. I mean, for me, you know, it's not Citizen Kane, but The Rock is up there with me with <laughs> Sandlot and all these Ninja Turtles and like the, the, the nostalgia and Field of Dreams and like the nostalgic dummy shit that I love. Yeah. And that's just who I am, you know, um, and he's part of that. Still, he doesn't need to make six Transformers movies. No, I mean, but he, I think he's trying to find himself. Because, he, as you said, he is so talented, and you want to see him kind of try different things And with I think those Mike, Mike is of a generation that believes he is a machine. It, mm-hmm. he's, he's exploring something. I mean, it might be hard to see it. It might have the subtlety of an Alice Cooper. But he is trying to find something, and it's, it's, it might take six films, you know? Maybe it is just money, but it has to be more than that. And I know Mike, so I, I know it is more than that. And and I know at face value it looks like he's just it's just a he's just getting cash right, know, a right. cash grab but he's actually trying to walk away respectfully and he hasn't made the movie he wants to make yet and I think that's admirable yeah. I think there's something really admirable about a dude who's still trying and Mike is for sure doing that there's nothing dead about Mike <laughs> that way yeah has yeah. he has he tried to entice you to come back for a cameo in the last couple films yeah. <laughs> Not tempting. Well, we just haven't found the right thing. You know, I'm not opposed to nothing. And I still love Mike. And I still love a lot of the, That crew was my favorite. That's my family. I grew up on that set. So I know that film crew more than I even know Mike. And I talk to all of them. And, you know, uh, I got mad love for those people. So uh, not, not to bring up a film that I know can be a sore point for some, but, but Indiana Jones. Yeah. How do you look back on that? Because my, my perspective on that one at this point is there are a lot of problems that were bigger than mutt with that, with that film and i'm saying that you're not saying that okay but like in some ways you became the scapegoat for that film and i kind of feel badly for you in that way um i think it also shaped who i became though you know yeah. I, I and so in that way i'm grateful yeah yeah or um because you know you, I, you've obviously said some things about steven that you probably maybe felt I yeah i, I was quite emotional i yeah. was you know I, I was in pain and 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 i said some irrational shit that you know you, you you know that that I'd probably take back for sure, yeah. uh, but but um, you know I, I, I'm I'm fallible. I'm growing and I'm trying to stay the course. And part of that is you know keep keep that dude's name out of my mouth unless it's in a respectful <laughs> way. You know, but I was in, I was feeling some sort of way, man. Yeah. And I and I and I did feel like you know nobody stuck up for me, yeah. and, and that shit didn't feel good because you know me and him had a relationship past the business part. You know, but you know hats off to the dude, man. He's a fucking legend. Yeah, and the proof's in the resume. I mean, less likely at this point that uh, Mutt will be popping up in the next indie film. Probably not, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the response? I don't know. Oh, man, I, I, don't, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so, okay, let, let, let's backtrack for a little bit since we do have some time. So, so growing up, you've talked before, like, what? Like, who, were, who were the guys? It was, like, Seagal. It yeah, was he was like, big. He was big. What was your Seagal movie of choice? What was it? Like, were you a hard-to-kill guy, out for justice? What What's the like? one with the pool? stick i just remember me and my uh, dad with the pool i just remember the pool stick fight that was uh they all blend together that's the yeah, problem that's for the me. thing it's one of the movies i remember just going to the drive-thru and there was a year where he had like two or three movies come out me and my dad just watched every seagal movie at the drive-in that was our thing that's how i got to know my dad was watching stupid movies you know <laughs> you've ever so, met steven seagal uh uh wait wait carol burnett steven seagal. carol burnett worked with steven seagal <laughs> Is that what you just said? <laughs> I said, have you ever met? Oh, because that would be an acid trip, bro. What the fuck? A Carol have, you, Burnett, have you ever seen the Carol Steven Burnett, Steven Seagal joint? craziness, bro. <laughs> Under Siege 3, the Carol Burnett. <laughs> Carol Burnett. <laughs> wow, man. I interviewed him at a Best Buy once. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, what yeah. Was he he was promoting. No, no, he wasn't buying. He was, he was, he was on the payroll. He was promoting the Geek Squad, the guys that would like fix no your way. computers. Oh no! And he shit. came out and oh, bro, he yeah, see choices, man. <laughs> choices. 
Yeah. One day I'm interviewing with a Best Buy Maybe, man. Don't yeah, do promoting it. Promoting chainsaws or something. Like, hey, Josh, good to see you again, pal. These are the greatest chainsaws, dude. You should get yourself one of these chainsaws. So when, so when you had an opportunity, thanks to one of your cool projects, to watch literally all of the films back to back to back, yeah. which ones brought a smile to your face? Which oh, was- even Stevens. You know, all the nostalgic ones, the ones that aren't about criticality, the ones that are just straight up stupid fun, you know? Uh, and then, you know, for me, man down is because it's always your, your last one, you know? So, yeah, I, th- I think two different total, bunch of different experiences. But by the time we got to the third day of that, we were all delusional in that room. The room had a totally different vibe to it. The smell was different. You have dudes taking drugs in line, coming in, stumbling in after three days of party to come watch the Even Stevens movie. And then after the Even Stevens movie, you get to like Breakfast with Einstein, which we couldn't even find an English cut of. So you got you got this Russian Breakfast with Einstein that's in subtitles, which is me and this dog who talks movie. And you can't understand none of it because it's in Russian. And three-fourths of the crowd are shrooming out and people haven't slept. And it's just a complete, it was completely, completely beautiful, man. You're like Michigan accomplished this is what we were going for it was man it was brilliant it became like <laughs> completely about the, the the connection that had nothing to do with criticality or it being my films even it became a contrition thing amongst the room we were all eating from the same pizza that had gotten ordered for, <laughs> from us online from that's strangers. not a metaphor literally the same pizza yeah exactly <laughs> that, that's the show bro we were eating from the same pizza and these are a bunch of strangers who i didn't know i didn't know if they liked me or hated me or nothing well, cause, yeah. And you say the word that I think all of these projects is, is about, right, connection. That's yeah. what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting in, in a way like, you know, when I look at, quote, unquote, celebrity, a lot of it is about kind of like cutting yourself off as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're kind of going in the other direction. You're almost like more accessible than yeah. any other, like, quote, unquote, public figure I can think of. Yeah, it's you let people drive you around and do whatever the hell they want with you. Well, not at whatever the hell. There's rules. But for sure, I, I, uh, the work that I'm doing it requires trust in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you getting different stuff out of these kinds of experiences oh, with yeah. your partners on these projects? Yes. And what do you, what do, you get out of it? Uh, satisfaction, fulfillment, you know, we're explorers. We're like Dora the Explorers and, and we're not pitching answers. We're pitching questions and the, 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 you know, and when they throw answers, it's, it's quite profound. You know, some of the most profound stuff I've been involved in has been stuff that we haven't orchestrated and it's, 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 it's helping my relationship with people and that's helping my relationship with myself. So it's, it's really uh, quite healthy and instructive to my life. Does it bother you when some make make a joke out of something. No, I think it's part of it. That's what I mean. It's like, like when I'm talking about wearing both hats about, you know, futurist, nostalgia, sincerity, irony, you got to have the ironic part. Otherwise the sincerity feels false. You know, you, you need to have one guy in the room saying, holy shit, this is really profound. And you need another dude on the other room who's like, just do it. <laughs> I was just gonna you need say, both. I was going to say. You need both when to, you're make doing- it, to make it feel like, yeah. so I'm after a different kind of sincerity. I'm not after, there is a new sincerity that I think we're touching on, which I think uh, cradles both evenly. Because I was going to say, like, when you're doing the just do it kind of thing, yeah. you have to know in the back of your mind Absolutely. this is going to be appropriated in, like, it's that's part of the idea. I'm Simpsons first and foremost. I'm Nirvana. I'm Metallica. I'm first and foremost that. It's what I was raised in. And in order, I think, to get to true sincerity, real truth, you have to go the route of irony to get there. And that's all we're doing. We're using irony as a route towards sincerity, towards empathy, towards connection. But if I started with the sincere connection bit, 
it'd be some Mother Teresa charity thing right. that would come off completely insincere. Yeah. When I'm out here saving the whales and I'm actor number one and I'm trying to save the world and then I'm flying on my private, if I'm trying to, I'm pitching you, let's stop using gas and then I'm on my private jet promoting that, then what, you know, I just think there's, you have to account for the other side. Yeah. And otherwise you're modernist and you're antiquated and you're lying. In this new world, or maybe it's not a new world, but it feels like a new world the last couple of weeks. Does this change your perspective on the kind of like art you want to do or the kind of things you want to pursue in terms of? No, I think it's right in line with what I was, what, you know, I think my, I think it's right in line with what we saw coming. He is the definition of metamodernism. You know, he is now, if you look at the way he deals with truth, it's very, he's post-truth. It's (laughs) post-truth. We are in post-truth. And, you know, uh, he is a, the same thing that created ISIS, is the same thing that created Bojack Horseman. He is the same sensibility that this is what we're living in, you yeah. know? So uh, let's talk a little bit about the art again for a second. So, like, who who in like, – are you dying to work with certain filmmakers right now? Yeah, for sure. Who's on your list? Oh, man, I, I like what the Safdies do. Uh, the Safdie brothers make cool stuff. I mean, I, you know, then, of course, like, you know, there's Paul Thomas Andersons. There's Nick Reffins. There's – yeah. Yeah, did you uh, did you see Neon Demon? I, I really liked Neon yeah, Demon. Yeah, yeah, I can't fault the guy. I, I look up to him. Yeah. So, um, and in terms of uh, you, obviously, have directed some shorts and and st- some of which you know go back to some of the issues we talked about sure. earlier. Yeah. But uh, um, does that does does that kind of experience the the plagiarism kind of episode make you shy away from going back to directing? I think uh, directing being the last dictatorial, uh, antiquated, I think, position on a film set. Uh, I have no interest in it. I, there's no, it's not. Uh, I think when I was making movies, I was trying to s- explore myself, and I couldn't do that as an actor in a way that I wanted to that was so specific to my sensibilities. So I wanted to be a director because then I thought I had more control. Uh, but that is also uh, not my route. I found my forum and my vehicle, yeah. and w- what I got going on now feels really good. Did, did you know you were going to get caught when you did that? I think um, I, I, no. In the for back sure, of your head, no? for sure not. Really? No way, no way, man. No way. No. I I I I I took I straight up took the idea, made the short film, went to Cannes with it, and then tried to be like covert about it. Yeah. And tried to be like a little sneaky guy, like a you know, and and got taxed for it, and rightfully so. You know, you you learn your lessons in life. I was also coming out of this postmodernist like fuck originality thing. I'm from Napster, you know. That's where I was coming from, and and you know that's not quite all the way on the button either. So. I'm, you know, a lot, a lot of the mistakes that I made in public are, are just, you know, I think where the feeling is naturally confused and, and we're finding our way and I'm finding my way more specifically. And, uh, consuming much in the way of TV at this point to you, how do you, how do you unplug? How do you kind of like turn the brain off or do you feel like your brain's always going a thousand miles? Yeah. I'm not, not always. No, sometimes I'll play SimCity or just do some stupid narcissist game, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, I quite like SimCity because I'm a narcissist and it's nice. <laughs> You're uh, owning up to it at yeah, least. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but um, not not too much TV. No, I, I, I ain't been watching a lot of TV. What, last blockbuster that did anything for you? Uh, I, saw, I, saw, I saw Suicide Squad last night. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, David tried to get you in that one, I hear. Well, we talked. You know, he, I don't think he was desperately trying to get me in. He had, that was a, he had way bigger fish to fry. It was a big-ass <laughs> movie. But, uh, you know, he, I, 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 I kind of like what he did. You know, I, I mean... Uh, comparatively speaking, I think you know he, he he did get to some cool stuff in there. It's not it's not the best movie ever made, but it's not the worst. I think there's some cool performances in there. I think what Jai did is fucking fun. Love Jai. He's great in that movie, dude. He's like some kind of weird Eric Bana chopper shit that I love. Totally. And I was way into it. So 
you know, there's some surprises there. I thought, uh, you know, Margot's bomb as fuck. There's some cool stuff in that movie, dude. Jai doesn't get enough credit. He I really think. doesn't, bro. I think he's, he's great in this yeah, film of yours, and he's he is good in this. He's really good in this movie. He's and really he's good. he's a fucking hysterical great guy. Like he he's is. been on the podcast. I love that guy. Yeah, me I've too, been telling man. people for like yep. years, like this guy. And he, I'm really excited. He's doing um Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, I think that's an opportunity for him. I to think show that dude really, side. really cares. People that watch that dude, he really cares, bro. Totally. Yeah. Uh, as do you. Look at that segue. I'm a professional. Hey. Hey, go ahead, Josh. Hey. Go ahead, Josh. No freestyle here, but we uh, we covered a <laughs> lot could, of uh, though. Oh, yeah, right. Um, it's been way too long. Hopefully, it won't be that long yeah. until the next time we get together. Roger. Uh, congratulations Thanks, on man. on both American Honey. If people haven't checked that out, please do. It's one of my favorites of the year. And and Man Down is an exceptional piece of work. As Thank always, you, you guys, you, you give one hundred fifty percent, and I always appreciate that. Thank man. you, Josh. Good to see you, bud. Good to see you, dude. Thank you for having me. Until next time. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> this episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight, form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's theovernight.org or 888-843-6837.